0: Hello, Hofstra fans, and welcome to the first-ever edition of the Director's Cut with Hofstra University Director of Athletics, Rick Cole, Jr. On the Director's Cut, we'll chat with Rick about a variety of topics surrounding Hofstra athletics and including some surrounding Rick Cole, Jr. We hope you enjoy it, and as always, go pride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Director's Cut. We are now joined by Hofstra Director of Athletics, Rick Cole, Jr. Thanks for joining us, Rick.
1: Thrilled to be here, Steve.
0: Well, let's go through it. we got a few topics on the uh, docket today. Let's talk about Rick Cole, Jr. first. For those of our uh, Hofstra community that uh, are still getting to know you since it's been only a year since you've joined the Hofstra family, Um, strong New York-Long Island ties. Talk about growing up. uh, You attended the university at Buffalo. Where would you grow up on Long Island, and then what made you make that decision to attend Buffalo?
1: Sure. Um, I grew up in Melville and Deer Park. Uh, went to the Half Hollow Hills School District. Uh, was a uh, soccer wrestler, uh, soccer player, wrestler, and um, uh, volleyball player. Later, um, so I kind of uh, went the journey of do I play soccer or volleyball in college? And at the time, volleyball was a developing, sp- very early developing sport for for boys. So soccer is what I chose. I was either going to go to Rutgers, um, which at the time was a very good Division One program out of Rutgers Newark and then we're we'll play soccer at Buffalo I played the Empire State games at Buffalo a few times loved the campus loved uh, everything about it got recruited and went and um loved it uh really enjoyed my experiences there and um went on to um play two sports my first year just followed both for four and then uh pretty active on campus and then met my uh now bride um who uh, was a women's basketball player and uh the rest, as they say, is uh, is history. Stayed there and um, got my master's degree, and worked right away after undergraduate. Uh, you know, started in the marketing office in the athletic department. You know, graduated on a Sunday, started on a Monday, and then was fortunate enough to get hired. Right, you know, continue on um, from from my master's program as a full time uh, staff member in the marketing department.
0: Uh, for those that don't know you, you talk about your history with volleyball. Uh, it- You have a very strong history with the sport, been on the NCAA committee, uh, very deep in the Long Island community of volleyball. Where does your love of that sport come from and where did it develop from?
1: Well, my sister was a very good player, Um, Long Island's best at the time, and actually went on to to have the first two years at James Madison then transferred to Hofstra and had a great, you know, finished her career here. Um, So I was able – I was exposed to pretty good volleyball in the beginning and then just went, you know – Went down to the Empire State Games tryout, which were the former New York State games for the Long Island team. Was fortunate to make that at a young age and just fell in love with it. Um, Got into coaching very, very early. At 19, I was coaching a junior varsity uh, team in Buffalo and then a varsity team the year later and coached club um, right out of that for the legendary Sally Cuss. And then I was going to stop when I came back to Long Island when I worked at Stony Brook University, but a friend of mine had an injury and I literally just took over a team Four months after she, I got back, and then, um, you know, remained. Uh, you know, played Empires a whole long time with a, a bunch of great players, and then, um, and then I've been coaching. This is my thirtieth year, and more than likely my last.
0: It's quite a quite a career in coaching, as you're balancing other parts of your life as well. Uh, so your professional career started after uh, your master's degree at Buffalo. Uh, then you started at Stony Brook, Saint John's, Dowling, Iona, Hofstra. Let's talk about the beginning of the Rick Cole um, professional career. Uh, what what was the what started you at Stony Brook, and how did that develop?
1: At Buffalo, we had just completed the transition from Division Three to Division One, um, so I was hired there in the marketing office. And we had a, uh, you know, I worked for an, an, a great guy, a great mentor, um, who doesn't, you know, didn't realize at the time um, the foundation he was helping me. And with trying to find the balance of you know being a good family man but being you know really successful professionally so I learned a lot very quickly at Buffalo and you know we raised my boss and and then he taught me how to raise sponsorship dollars which we were pretty successful and I got the opportunity and recruited to go to Stony Brook because they had just were on the onset of division one initiative so I went there as the assistant AD f- uh, for marketing for a year and was promoted to associate AD for ex- uh, advancement and external affairs and you know I was I think what made it such a good fit was that we had success in raising money at a SUNY school so then we um, went on um, and did some really fun things building the foundation of, of revenue generation at Stony Brook as a division two and then one institution
0: and then your next move was to st. John's um, it was really the next step in your career probably the first major step in your career to an institution like st. John's uh, what what made you feel like that was it was the time and you were ready for a move like that
1: you know, my my boss at the time, Dr. Laskowski, was a St. John's uh, former employee and alum. He worked there for 19 years before he became the dean at Stony Brook for athletics and physical education. Um, you know, it, it, being a Big East institution, it was a great opportunity. Um, I, I learned a lot um, at, at St. John's. You know, um, it, it was different, though. You know, you thought it would be a little bit um, – it was very much specific. It was, you know, Stony Brook, we, had, we were doing a lot very quickly so um you know you can learn a lot of good and from a lot of things that you maybe learn from that weren't exactly what you thought they would be um and that's what kind of st john's um lent to me you know if, my next step being a division 2 ad i never thought that was in the roadmap you know but when i got the call about the dowling job i went out for an hour breakfast and it turned into like a 10 hour day and a job offer that night and next thing you know we uh My family's moving to Oakdale and, you know, spent nine years as an AD. And, you know, while it was challenging, it was, um, you know, with some of the the later, you know, you know, budget challenges and things like that, it was a great place that we had tremendous success academically, athletically, um, revenue generation, I mean, community service. We just, you know, had a great group of coaches that just, you know, bought into a really, you know, building champion-like culture.
0: You kind of just touched on it. The next step was at Dowling, where you spent uh, multiple years as a director of athletics. Uh, is working at Dowling in a, at the time a Division II institution, is that kind of where you learn maybe the stuff you were not so familiar with in the other parts of your career, like you just talked about the community service and the other areas of athletic communi- athletics where to help you become an AD, which you now have made two other stops at?
1: Absolutely. Um, everybody has, you know, it's like the, the assistant coach who wants to be the head coach. Or the associate AD that wants to be the AD, and all of a sudden you're sitting in the chair and you're discovering things you had no idea about. And I, I came up through the external affairs, fundraising, marketing, ticket revenue, public relations, all those kind of categories. Next thing you know, you know, my first month in the job, you know, we were doing an EADA report of, you know, reporting your, your, your equity numbers to the, the government and then the NCAA. And to be honest, I sat there, thank goodness, with a very good staff because I had yet to experience those kind of things. And at the end of the day, you're responsible for for the um, the overall vision and execution of um, a student athlete uh, experience, um, while meeting the goals and the objectives of the institution. So, it was a great place. Learned a lot, and I'm still learning. You know, I'm in year I don't even know what it is nine, fourteen, year sixteen as an athletic director. We you know we're always learning, always learning. And now, uh,
0: following the Dowling uh, time, you then joined the Iona family where you became the director of athletics there and spent five, five years there. Um, y- your first time as division one athletic director, uh, w- what was that time of your career like? And, uh, it was also quite a commute for you. People don't realize you're still in Oakdale living, uh, talk about the, the, the Iona era of your career.
1: Yeah. I, Iona is a great place, a fabulous place with great people. I worked for a, uh, a very intelligent president a hard-working president with you know a, a moral compass and was a great um, another great mentor that I was fortunate to work for um, it was a mission- based institution that really was looking at the student athlete experience we had a lot of work to do there too we had a lot of revenue generation um, we had to work really hard again had some you know great people great coaches you look at what you know, The basketball programs did and the cross-country programs did. They were, you know, winning, you know. I mean, the cross-country program is a top-ten program in the the country. And, you know, the one-year men's and women's basketball both won the MAC, went to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, what Coach Kloos has done there um, and getting to work collaboratively with him was, you know, was a joy as well. And, um, you know, loved my time at Iona, loved it. Um, But when the opportunity presented itself to come home to Long Island, to a place that, you know – You know, I dreamed of being an AD at the University of Buffalo, my alma mater, and Hofstra University. You know, you grow up on Long Island, and it's the first institution that I've ever watched a collegiate game at, and it was the first campus I'd ever been on.
0: You stole my next question. My
1: apologies. But but so when that opportunity came, you know, I've been fortunate, but – when you, it was hard, so hard to leave, but so excited to come, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a mixture of emotions, you know, like usually either, you know, running to the next place, but I was fortunate. I worked with really great people at Iona and love what we were doing. And I was so excited to be the athletic director and work at Hofstra, um, growing up as a Long Islander and being a Long Islander, um, you know, just thrilled to be here.
0: Yeah, and you talk about the Iona and how strongly you think of that institution still to this day. And what it still means to you, you have a daughter that's a student athlete there. Uh, You have a former Hofstra employee that uh, you assisted in uh, becoming a head coach there. So the institution is still quite a huge part of the Cole family, isn't
1: it? It is. And, you know, Taylor is uh, uh, my oldest is just, you know. She's so much better in so many ways than I ever hoped I could be. And, I, you know, people thought that she'd be leaving Iona when I left. I said one had nothing to do with the other. She didn't go to Iona because of me, and she didn't stay because of, you know, or want to leave because of me. You know, this is a kid who was a scholar-athlete last year, with a scholar-athlete of the athletic department with a 4.0 GPA and incredible work ethic and um, really proud of what she does and who she is and, um, you know, all she aspires to be.
0: So what was that first ever Hofstra sporting event that you, uh, you've you referenced a few times le- to let everyone know?
1: You know, it was actually my sister was playing at James Madison, and she came here to play. So that was the first event I'd ever been to. It was a volleyball match in, in the PEB, and um, it was a long time ago. Um, and then I came to a bunch of matches when my sister ultimately came here, but I was already in college, so by that time um, it was in a different capacity. But yeah, it was a volleyball match. Do you remember who won? Uh, James Madison won
0: shouldn't have asked that question. Uh, let's talk about, uh, Long Island. Uh, it's obviously a very deep part of your history and your heart. Um, what makes it so special for you and obviously for the Hofstra community as well?
1: I think, I think as a, as a native Long Islander, I mean, I've, li- I've had the great fortune of living all over Long Island, you know, um, there's just, it's, it's a place for everyone. You know, it's, um, you know, I've, I, and as I get older, I keep trying to enjoy the greatness of it. I'm certainly people can say, well, the taxes and the traffic and the, this, yeah, it's a great place. There is something, if you have a passion for anything, you can find it here. And we're so close to New York City and we have the beaches and we have, you name it. Um, and I think Hofstra is, you know, Long Island's institution. You know, there's no question about it. You know, I think the, you know, we have the law school, the med school, you know, we have a Division one athletics program, we have an incredible undergraduate experience, um, you know, you, you see what we do for the town gown relationship, you look at our, even from our our camps in the summer with, you know, 12 to 1400 kids on campus. At the end of the day, it's, um, to me, it's the perfect marriage of, of what I look for for my family and what I look for, for professionally. I mean, Hofstra's a special place, Steven. you know this, like, you, you, you are Hofstra, and, um you what excited me so much about coming to Hofstra is it's incredible history matched with what I think our incredible future can be um you know that's that's a pretty that's a pretty awesome balance
0: and uh, now the last Rick Cole Jr. question before we move on to later uh your three children they all have something in common they all play volleyball and they're all going to play volleyball in college uh talk about um Including one that's going to be here this weekend, actually. Uh, talk about the love of volleyball amongst your children, and uh, obviously you play a role in that. But uh, where do they find that from? You know,
1: we've been, you know, coaching. We came home, you know, seven days, six days later. My my oldest was in the crib, in a ball cart, and on the crib, in a, in a car seat. And you know, we were in practice teaching and helping young people. Um, so they grew up in the gym. There was never really the pressure to to play um they've played soccer they played basketball they played a little, a little bit of lacrosse as i think most long islanders do but they just developed their own unique passion and and they've worked very very hard and they fell in love with it and they still love it you know my one of my kids said to me yesterday the most peaceful place Well, my son did his most peaceful place on earth is when he's playing volleyball on the court and um so, you know, we we love to watch them. They're three unique, awesome human beings, um, different types of – you know, they're all the same position. They're, you know, defensively minded, which is comical because I never serve-received it myself. You know, I didn't I was, even know that. They were
0: all – they're all defense.
1: They're all the Barrows um, or DSs. And, um, you know, And I watch it and I marvel at them, um, you know, serve-receive, I always said, is the hardest, most important part of the game. You know, for without it, your team doesn't do well. Um and, um, you know, we're excited. You know, Taylor's having a great career. She went to the NCAA tournament. I mean, you want to talk about Santa Claus coming for a volleyball enthusiast. You know, my oldest won the league at Iona, went to play Pitt in the first round of the NCAA. My middle went to – is at Duke, and, you know, they won, went to the NCAA tournament last year. She was at Stanford. And Hofstra University wins the CAA and goes and plays Nebraska. All three on the same day, same time. So my wife went one way, I went the other way, and the staff went the other way. And uh, everyone felt, oh, that's terrible, you can't be. I said, terrible. This is like the best day ever, you know. So we're very proud of our kids, excited about, you know, Mac is coming up with Duke. We have just an awesome weekend. Of, and it's the best volleyball weekend on Long Island probably, I think, in a very long, long time because you have a Pac-12 team, a Big East team, a ACC team, and the best of the CAA, you know. So you look at great volleyball, we're going to have a great weekend of volleyball.
0: We'll get that in a moment, too. Uh, now we'll move on to some Hofstra topics. Um, this summer, uh, Hofstra transformed into a Nike institution, Nike institution head-to-toe. Uh, for those not that familiar, can you explain to the Hofstra fans really what ultimately, when we discuss this head-to-toe terminology, what it means and what it means to the fans and what they're going to see?
1: You know, surprisingly, you know, Hofstra did not have an all exclusive partnership with a – sport apparel, you know, what we call in the business head-to-toe, you know. So from head-to-toe, you're either Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, New Balance, one of the, you know, the power companies in, in that industry. And, you know, so our our, our brand was a bit inconsistent. You know, great products, great partners, great people, great businesses. So, you know, they're organiz- all those organizations are fabulous. But, you know, we had to find one that would be Hofstra, all Hofstra, in all that we do to solidify our brand, to partner with, um, an organization that had like mission and vision and values. And, you know, we're excited to be able to partner with Nike, uh, the industry leader. And, and you know, we just got into this, you know, which is always difficult in the midst of a cycle of ordering. You know, we just partner with them late spring, and usually you're ordering in November. and But we're thrilled, and, I th- you know, our, it's, it's great for our student athletes. It's great for our image and brand. It's great for our ability to have one look, one product, one partner and Nike's thrilled to partner with us. It's a, a symbiotic relationship and, and we are incredibly fortunate and proud of, of that partnership.
0: Yeah. There's been a real, you can see that the fans and the student athletes are, are embracing it and being part of it. And especially the student athletes that, that they feel there's, there's something special being associated with the Nike brand.
1: Yeah, and I think you see that across, you know, when we had our student athlete orientation and everybody's in their Nike gear and it's one look, one image, one brand. And, um, you know, everybody gets elevated by, um, you know, uh, having more product, um, better position for their athletic success, their, their, their ability to um, feel as a, a part of each other. Um, again, you know, it's, I think there is, a, there is excitement. There's no question. Um, and our student athletes, you know, deserve the very best. And that's what we continue, as you know, Stephen, to work hard every day to provide. You know, we're here because of them and for them. We work hard every day to give them everything they need to be successful on the field and uh, the court and um, uh, in the classroom and all, and out of the classroom.
0: Now we'll move on to the week that was in Hofstra athletics. Maybe the most successful week, uh, in maybe in the past year, uh, Hofstra went 8-0 last week, added a ninth win yesterday with field hockey, uh, But let's talk about last week, Um, top to bottom, uh, field hockey picked up uh, their first win of the year with Courtney Veneau picking up her first career victory. Uh, What have you seen from Courtney that has really given you the drive that she's going to be someone successful?
1: Uh, First and foremost, she is absolutely a fabulous human being, um, passionate to help her athletes, um, passionate about field hockey works incredibly hard and she's doing great stuff and I think you're seeing that um, on the field and And you know Courtney's familiar with Hofstra having been here on staff before, um, before um, becoming the head coach um, but you're seeing great energy you saw it yesterday when we played Quinnipiac um, you know that's back to back wins for our field hockey team and And they're playing hard and they're playing with passion. And, you know, there's a lot of teaching going on out there. And we're just incredibly motivated where she's going to take our program. And now we
0: move on to arguably the most successful program, maybe over the last couple decades here at Hofstra, the women's soccer program led by Simon Ridioff, a Hofstra graduate, who who just so deeply cares about this institution. And it shows in everything he does. uh, And really, all they do is win. Uh, they've won three straight now they want two straight CA titles. Um, you talk so glowingly about him regularly. I don't know if there's more words that you could say, but, uh, what, what do you see from that program on a regular basis that maybe other programs you hope can maybe emulate that?
1: Uh, Simon makes no excuses. Um, Simon knows how to be successful at Hofstra. Um, Whatever challenge he's faced, he goes over it, he goes around it, he goes under it, he goes through it. He figures it out. And, you know, it's constantly about how do we get better, how do we improve. Um, very focused, very balanced, um, very passionate. Uh, he's always looking to improve. He's very humble. Um, he, he, you look at the student-athlete experience of our, our women's soccer players, they love their time here. They're very passionate about Hofstra, about each other. And, you know, there's a standard of behaviors that Simon expects. And, you know, he's low maintenance to a fault. Um, Again, always looking for ways to succeed and not hiding behind excuses as to why he can't. And I think there's a lot to be said about knowing how to win at a certain institution. Just because you win at Stanford doesn't mean you can win at Hofstra. Just because you win at Hofstra doesn't mean you can win at Stanford. I think you have to know the institution and know what it takes to be successful there. And Simon does that better than anybody. Um, better than anybody I've seen, he he knows the institution, um, incredible work ethic, um, supportive of everyone else around him. It's never just about Simon. It's never just about women's soccer. How can I help? Always the first to congratulate his peers, always raising everybody else around them. And I, I think it comes back to the adage of the best player on the court is, always, is the one that raises everyone else around them to be better, not necessarily the most talented. And Simon is somebody who raises everybody else around them to be better. Speaking of
0: raising everybody else to make them better, uh, Simon's star player, Lucy Porter, is just maybe one of the best that's ever played here. Uh, and Simon's had Simon and Joanne Russell have had players that have been superstars. Um, she's led the team over this three-game win three game win streak. Uh, watching her, what what do you see soccer-wise of this? Uh, of
1: Lucy? You know, the first goal at Stony Brook was like, whoa, well, you know, and – you know, every time the ball goes to her feet, it's terrible. You expect her to score, or assi- score, if not assist. So if you know, it doesn't happen in this sport. It does not happen. Scoring is really hard. You can dominate a game and lose. Every time the ball goes to her feet, you just ex- it, the way she performs. You're expecting to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, works hard, great teammate, um, and she is a name amongst, amongst greatness. So as she emerges to the top of that list in conversations, we're thankful for her and love love every minute she laces them up, uh, puts the boots on, and plays. So uh, we're going to enjoy this year.
0: And now we move on to the men's soccer program. Uh, already and CA play, quirky uh, men's soccer schedule in the CA, where they play on every Saturday schedule now. So they have op- they already played JMU and Charleston, beat Charleston 3-0. Uh, Richie Nuttle now in his 31st year. That's a guess off the top of my head. Uh, is 31? Well, good job by me. Um, constantly reinventing himself, constantly reinventing his program, and they're always at the top of the league. Um, what did you see from his team over the last week or so, and what what do you like from uh, Richie?
1: Well, you know, I've, I've said people have heard me say this before. You know, I liked our soccer guys. I liked our soccer team. I liked the decisions they make in spite of, you know, some really challenging op- obstacles on the field. You know, soccer can be a little bit um, – Um, dramatic and a little bit uh, intense and aggressive and um, I like our guys and I like what Richie does Uh, one of the greatest thing Rich Rich, Richie does is who he surrounds himself with his staff his staff is amazing Um, he empowers them he you know he's recruited and retained an incredible coaching staff and you know you see them all serve in the role that they do and you know he is just really (laughs) he's such a a fun guy, as you know better than I do. He's just a fun guy, and he's so unique, Richie, and he, you know, he loves his family. He loves his soccer, and he loves Hofstra. I mean, 31st year, Stephen. I mean, it's longer than you, dude, you know, and that's, that's tough to do these days is to find people that are that passionate to stay at a place for 30 years and be successful, you know, last year we lost in a heartbreak in PKs, and you know we've lost at JMU, but played played good soccer. And JMU, you know, I think they had the preseason one, right? And you know, we're going to compete for a championship. That's what I expect from Richie's teams, and I expect from him and his staff. And you know, thrilled that he's in year thirty-one. And the
0: men's soccer in the CA is one of the strongest mid-major or conferences in the nation.
1: Yeah, and, and if you look at Richie's schedule, you know, tough. He's you know he's not afraid to schedule, and. Um, you know, I expect our, our team to, to rise and get better at the end of the year.
0: Speaking of schedules, uh, now let will talk about the volleyball program. Big week for the volleyball program, and it's been a big season for the volleyball program. Seven and three now uh, have played a really strong schedule, opened up at Penn State. And this week the Hofstra Invitational features number 14 Oregon, Duke, and St. John's, who Hofstra beat last week in five sets. Uh, let's Before we get to the tournament, which we've already mentioned earlier in the show, uh, what are your thoughts on the seven and three start by the volleyball team, two real superstars in this squad?
1: I think you have um, multiple levels of superstars. I think you have our returners and our setter and our outside hitter are just, you know, there are other players, but the two that usually get the most press is the kid that's got the most stats on the assist line and the kid that gets the most stats on the, on the kill um, sheet. Um, And there's a reason why we have the preseason player of the year and our outside hitter. She's a very, very good player. And, when she comes to play she's going to be very difficult to stop and you know I, you know one match I forget when it was I mean she was she was hitting a pretty good clip and, and scoring at will and um, we have a setter who I think is the unsung hero of the league forget about our team I mean she is steady she uh, delivers a you know a consistent ball she's got great composure and a great um, level about her that really serves a setter well um, because her job is to run the offense and to find the hot hand. Now, to balance that is the great um, class that, that Coach has brought in. I mean, she's got a right side who, you know, transitioned from the middle to the right side who was off the charge. She's got a, another 6'5 middle. She's got all these other players that are filtering in, you know, a libero that, that is really making an impact. And we already have a, and a terrific DS. So Coach has really done a great job of, of, of facilitating and, and, and transitioning a great returning core with some really talented newcomers and everybody's playing their role. And when we play our role and we play hard, we're gonna be an incredibly tough, tough team to beat. And I'm excited about this weekend. I can't wait to see us play against the ACC. We already beaten the Big East. We can't wait to see us play the ACC. And I can't wait to, to play, you know, Oregon's coming off the top Final Four finish last year. And, you know, they're a top 10 team. They've, they've been, you know, both Duke and Oregon have been snake bit a little bit with injuries. Um, so listen, when, if we're playing, I like our chances and you're probably not supposed to say that, but you know, I have a lot of faith in what, what coach and uh, coaches has done and, and, and who are, who our women are.
0: And that tournament starts on Thursday, uh, St. John's, Oregon Friday, big tournament day, uh, Oregon, uh, faces Hofstra and Duke plays Oregon. And then Saturday is Duke St. John's and Duke Hofstra. Correct. Did I get that right? Yes. Um, and Free at the David S. Mack Physical Education Center. Come out, come support the team at really one of the best tournaments for collegiate volleyball, maybe in the history of Long Island.
1: Yeah, I'm, we're thrilled about it. And, and I know that Emily is and, and, you know, it's going to be an exciting opportunity. We hope to do this every year.
0: And now speaking of Long Island, uh, an area we, we, we've talked extensively about here at Hofstra and that continues to grow uh, over the last couple years, is the rivalry with Stony Brook, uh, the Long Island rivalry presented by the Green Turtle, uh, our friends at the Green Turtle, strong sponsor of Hofstra Athletics. Um, Simply put, uh, Hofstra's had quite a bit of success lately, especially this year. Uh, Volleyball beat Stony Brook. Women's soccer beat Stony Brook. uh, Alex Masai won the Stony Brook Invitational. And on Wednesday evening, men's soccer plays Stony Brook. Uh, why has Hofstra had so much success in this rivalry? And uh, what does this rivalry mean to Rick Cole as the director of athletics here at Hofstra?
1: Well, I think the reason why we've had success this year is we have really good coaches and, and we have teams that are positioned for success. And and the good fortune is we've had success against a you know a great program and a great institution like Stony Brook. You know, their their athletic director is a great guy. He's talented. Their coaches are talented. It's a great place. So it's not like we take that rivalry lightly because it's... You know we are the we are the teams on Long Island, and um, we take you know it's it's really great for college athletics for us to be competitive and and let the r- let rivalry live on and grow because you know people are getting excited excited about it just because it's fun to go watch two teams that you get to know really well. You know we're excited too. I mean you look at Emily. Emily beat St. John's. Beat you know Vutman's Vab Valtman beat St. John's. Beat you know every you know so some people in Queens don't think that St. John's is Long Island and Fordham and Fordham. So you know. You know there's always great pride when you are able to be successful within the region you reside and the air, in the geography you reside and you know our goal is to have national success uh, but certainly it's a lot of fun when we talk about the regional opportunities and um, we're looking forward to we got soccer tomorrow you know we're looking forward to the basketball games, the softball the crosses the baseball and and the tennis we're just going to continue to. Um, enjoy it, and you know we're, we're, we anticipate phenomenal games every time we step on the court, the field, the wherever with Stonerbrook. Um, we take every uh, opportunity uh, very seriously, and I'm really looking forward to a really fun game tomorrow night in men's soccer.
0: Well, we thank you for your time. We're going to end with three fun questions, but we thank you for your time discussing Hofstra and Rick Cole Jr. life and career, and we'll, we'll get more into other topics in future shows. Let's go with three fun questions. Uh, favorite professional sports team growing up why
1: New York Yankees this morning enough said I need to answer the question why it's the greatest franchise in the history of, of athletics
0: uh, favorite athlete growing up and why
1: um, I was a Willie Randolph fan I was a Goose Gossage fan um, it was um, pretty obvious. I was a big Yankee fan growing up, and spent a lot of time, you know, for a guy. I played baseball when I was, you know, a little kid, but just, I've always loved baseball, so I just love watching them play.
0: And last one, for those who don't know, you you, you lo- you're a big foodie. You 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 love your restaurants. What's your favorite Long Island restaurant?
1: Menino's um, in Oakdale. That's easy. The best. That you will never be disappointed. Um, you will never be disappointed. It has something for everybody. It's incredible Italian food. The filet mignon is great. The signature veal chop dish uh, is, is fabulous. If, you're, if you like fresh fish and salads, I'm telling you, it's off the charts. As for John, the owner, great guy, great place. They're not a sponsor of Hofstra, but if you want to talk food, Menino's in Oakdale.
0: Well, Rick, we thank you for joining us on the Director's Cut, uh, and we'll look forward to speaking to you in the next couple of weeks. Steven, thanks
1: so much. Looking forward to it. Go Pride.
0: Thank you for listening to the Director's Cut with Hofstra University Director of Athletics Rick Cole, Jr. I'm your host, Steven Gorchov. Busy week ahead for Hofstra Athletics starting on Wednesday when men's soccer hosts Stony Brook in the Long Island rivalry. Thursday will feature the start of the Hofstra Invitational Volleyball. And then on Friday, the Volleyball Invitational continues, and also the men's tennis team, field hockey, women's soccer, and softball are all in action. On Saturday, the final day of the Hofstra Invitational for volleyball will continue, and men's soccer and men's tennis are in action. And then on Sunday, softball and field hockey conclude the week in Hofstra Pride Athletics. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, and go Pride.